You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. All right, Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Sometimes it's called the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Uh, I'm not sure. Look, look in your Bible. Which, which one of your Bibles says Song of Solomon? Raise your hand. Mine says Song of Solomon. How many of you says Song of Songs? No? No one? Song of Songs? Yeah? Yeah? Anyone else? Song of Songs? See, in Hebrew, there's not adjectives. They, they, they don't say, like, this is the best song. This is the most fantastic song. So they, they use the same noun again, the song of songs. So we don't say he's the best king. We say he is the king of kings. We don't say he's the best lord. He is the lord of lords. So they call, this is the best song right here. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. And then we'll go to one other place. We're not going to read the whole verse here. We're just going to read this first phrase. And this is, these are the words of the bride talking about the groom. She says this, my beloved is mine. That's her, her pet name for him. My beloved. My beloved is mine and I am his. Go to chapter 6. And here she says it again. She reverses the order, but she says it again in chapter, th- um, chapter 6, verse 3. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. Two titles. Title number one, very simply, he is mine and I am his. The second one would be, show everyone the ring. Show everyone the ring. My Father, please bless the preaching of your word. Let it come through clearly and boldly and let it change lives. Father, thank you for the work that you have done here through your Holy Spirit. But, O Lord, the Holy Spirit would not have been able to come if the first comforter didn't come. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for your love for us and dying for us and doing so much more than that, though we are undeserving. Please let this come alive tonight. Let us fall in love with your word as you fell in love with us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The bride is, you don't have to be a scholar when you read. The bride is deeply, madly, sincerely in love with this man. And she wants everybody to know it. She says twice, I am his and he is mine. My beloved is mine and I am my beloved's. The first time she says it, she says it in front of her family. And there's a good message right there. As soon as you, as soon as you come into a relationship with the groom, your family needs to know. The second time is in a dream, and she's in front of a lot of people. And still, she's not ashamed. I am his, 
and he is mine. Now you need to understand the story, and I love telling the story because it's better than any Disney movie that has ever been put out. When you start reading this, this book, and what I'm gonna do, I do this every time I preach from Song of Solomon. I'm gonna leave my Bible up here on the, on the pulpit so that you can see it afterwards. There's different characters in Song of Solomon, and knowing who is talking when is very important to understand. There's the bride, there's the bride's maids, there's the bride's brothers, who are kind of brats, by the way. Uh, there's a soldier, there's a narrator, there's a shepherd boy, there's the groom. I think, I think that's everybody. And the, the story starts out, the, the book starts out with the bride on her wedding day. And she feels very insecure about herself. Maybe she's looking in the mirror or something and she's talking about how her skin is so dark. And back then, you remember when Esther was about to get married, so, so in that culture, Esther was put away for a very long time. And what they would do is they would put, it's, it's co complete opposite of what it is today. L ladies go out to get tanned before they, before they get married. But today, it's you did not go out in the sun before you were gonna get married. The, the paler you were, the more attractive you were. But she worked out in the vineyards, and she, she says this, she says, I've worked in everybody else's vineyard so much that I haven't been able to take care of my own vineyard. So she's, she, she's a farmer. She's this peasant farmer. And because she works so much, her skin has gotten so dark in the sun and she's, she's telling the bridesmaids, don't look at me, don't look at me. I don't feel very beautiful today. And they're, they're trying to help her out, but it, it's not working. And then she'll flash back to when she first met this this boy, this, this shepherd boy. And she says, I remember when he told me that I was beautiful. And that's really all that mattered to her. He thinks that I'm beautiful. And then she would go back to, you know, it would go back to the, the wedding day and where she is. She says, he brought me into his banqueting house and his banner over me is love. You know, this is my wedding day. And then she would flash back again. So the first flashback she has is him voicing his love to her. And she asks him, she, she doesn't know where he's from. She says, where, where are you from? And he's like, oh, well, you know, if you follow the footsteps of the flock. And he just kind of like skirts around the question, doesn't tell her where he's from. But all they care about is that they have each other, you know, our bed is green, they're laying on the grass, our bed is green, and like, oh, there's this, you know, all this, all this stuff. And our, you know, the, the roof is the cedars. And you're Jacob. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> this is scripture, son. Take this seriously. <laughs> the second flashback she has is when he proposes to her, and he says, "This come away with me." And she's about to answer, and the brothers pop in. The brothers pop in and interrupt. They interrupt the proposal. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, because the vines have tender grapes. Get back to work. And that's the first time she, she looks at him as she's kind of walking away and she says, my beloved is mine and I am his. And she says this, come back, come back, okay, come back. She has a dream that night 
and she has a dream that she can't find him. She's running all throughout the city and she can't find him. She goes up to the watchman. Have you seen my beloved? Have you seen him? No, we haven't seen him. She finally finds him. She grabs him. She brings him back home. She says, I will never let you go again. She's, she's fearing that he's not going to come back. The next day, she's out working and she sees this caravan coming. Chariots and horses. And she asks, who's, who's is this? And the answer is, that's Solomon's. That is King Solomon's. She said, okay, what's he doing here? And they all go up to see, and, and rumors start spreading. He's wearing a crown, and he's wearing a crown that his mother made him, and he's only supposed to wear that crown on the day that he gets married. He steps out of the chariot, and he starts saying the things that the shepherd boy would say to her. And she realizes the shepherd boy is King Solomon. And he says, come away with me. Jerusalem's beautiful this time of year. Come with me. So she does. She has another dream, horrible dream. She doesn't think it's real. She can't think it's real. She gets to the wedding day, and she actually runs. She ends up running from the ceremony. And, um, you know, he, he tells her, you're, you're beautiful. He says this at one point. You are as terrible as an army with banners. Pickup lines were different back then, bro. I, I just, <laughs> the last time I told my wife, I just want you to know, you're, I think you're terrible. It didn't work out as well. She thought it was great. Didn't work out for me. I woke up six hours later in a daze. The bridesmaids go running after her. If you want to know that women are never, are, have never changed, if you look at um, chapter 7, verse 1, you know, she, she asks the bridesmaids as she runs out of the wedding, and she says, what does he see in me? What do you see in the Shulamite? What? I'm, 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 my skin is black. You know, I, just, I, I don't feel pretty. I don't look pretty. You're the king. I'm a peasant. What, what do you see in me? You're telling me I'm, I'm as terrible as an army with banners? And she, she runs away, and the bridesmaids come up and say, you, you're, like, you're like two armies. You, you, are as, you are twice as beautiful. And then they say this in chapter 7, verse 1. How beautiful are they feet with shoes? G girl, he is twice. You are twice as beautiful as he says you are, and we love your shoes. <laughs> They end up getting married, and, and she says this, can we just go, can we go back? Can we go back to where we fell in love? And he says, sure. They go back, and the brothers ask, who is this that's coming? And it's, it's their sister, you know, and everything. And then she realizes that the reason why the brothers were being so, so mean and forceful, they were just trying to protect her. There's an illusion given that her mother died in childbirth, so the brothers took it upon themselves to watch out for her. And they live happily ever after. But it's important, and if you read it, it's all there. It's an it's, it's absolutely beautiful story. But two times, she wants to make it clear. I am my beloved's, and my beloved's is mine. I am his, and he is mine. If somebody were to come up and ask her, is that your husband? Yes. Yes, he is. And she'd smile. If somebody, are you, are you together? 
Yes. Yes, we are. Hey, are, are you with somebody? Yes. Yes, I am. Elizabeth, I'm not, uh, uh, you're not Elizabeth. Sophia, I'm not asking you. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not with anybody. <laughs> N-E-V-R, never. You keep, you keep that ideology, sweetheart, all right? Just obey your parents, do your homework, drink your chocolate milk, and tell boys to leave you alone. Right, <laughs> Love is not an open door, all right? Shut it, lock it, give the key to your dad, okay? Are you married? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Are you with him? Yes, I am. Sometimes we joke. Sometimes we joke. Hey, is that your wife? Unfortunately. <laughs> and we, and we, we do that. You know, hey, are you married? Well, we all make mistakes. You know, it's, we, we joke like that, and we ought not to. We ought not to. She never would. She would never joke like that. She loved him too much. We ought not joke like that, and we would not joke like that if we loved each other the way that she loved him. She wanted everybody to know he's mine, and I'm his. What's the point? Here's the point. I am amazed, lately especially, I've observed it. And I'm not talking about any other church. I'm not talking about any other members. I'm not talking about Christendom as a whole, even though I can. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the members of Heritage Baptist Church and myself. I am amazed at what we're not ashamed of. Hey, is that your team? Yes. Hey, are you a Republican? Yes. Hey, did you vote for him? Yes. We have flags out in our lawn. We have bumper stickers. Hey, is that your favorite player? Who's your favorite player? This is my favorite player. And this is why I love him. And this is why I love her. He does this and she does this and yada, yada, yada. And we talk about it. Hey, who's, who's your favorite artist? Oh, this person, he's my favorite composer. She's my favorite singer and, and this and that. I'm talking about all this stuff. Who's your favorite band? Which I don't, I don't think you should have a favorite band. But we talk about it. Who's your favorite author? This is my favorite author and I love his work and, and her podcast and his this and his that. But we hold back when it comes to Jesus Christ. People know who your favorite team is. Do they know you're a Christian? People know you're a Republican or whatever your political party is. But do they know about your relationship with Christ? People can tell on the bumper stickers who you, who you vote for and who you root for. When's the last time you showed them? Do you see the fan at the game in the, in the middle of winter wearing, wearing nothing but paint, screaming at the top of his lungs, let's go whoever. He's not ashamed of his team. Do you see the fan at the concert 
swaying back and forth, screaming, trying to get, trying to get a glimpse, trying to get the attention of their idol. They're not ashamed of their affection for somebody who will never care. Do you see the graduate wearing the class ring? They wear the hat. They wear the t-shirt. They're not ashamed of their alma mater. Do you see the veteran? We had Veterans Day the other day. God bless our veterans. I love seeing the veterans walking around with their hats. I think it's great. But do you see the veterans? They wear their hats. They wear their shirts. They put the flag up. They're not ashamed of their country. And they're not ashamed of their service. Do you see the man wearing heels? Do you see the man with nail polish and makeup? His speech flamboyant. His, his posture. You can just tell how he carries himself. Do you see the woman with her hair cut? She doesn't like men. So she's going to look like one. Do you see how she speaks? Do you see how she carries herself? Do you see how she, what she wears? They're not ashamed of their sin. In fact, their motto is pride. Pride, pride, pride. Let everybody know it. Come out of the closet. Do you see the Islamic convert kneeling three times a day toward Mecca? They're not ashamed of their prophet. They're not ashamed of their pedophile prophet. There goes YouTube. There goes live stream. They're not ashamed of their pedophile prophet. They're not ashamed of their false god. And do you see the Christian at work when somebody uses our beloved's name in vain and we say nothing. Do you see the Christian looking at their closet saying, what can I wear to look most like the world so they don't know that I'm in a relationship Don't be ashamed of Christ. He wasn't ashamed of you. Don't be ashamed of him. We can learn from this lady. We can learn from this little peasant girl. I want to look at her feeling. I want to look at her declaration. I want to look at her meaning. What does she mean when she says, I am his and he is mine? And then I want to look at her reason. Why did she do it? First of all, her feeling what she felt when she thought of her man, what she felt when she thought of that shepherd boy, she felt admiration. She felt joy. She felt awe. She felt respect. She felt appreciation. Nobody else showed her time. He showed her time. Look in um, chapter 5, verse 10. This is in her dream, and somebody asked her, what's so good about your, 
What's so good about your groom? Look at her answer. My beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among 10,000. His head is as the most fine gold. His locks are bushy, black as a raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of waters, washed with milk and fitly set. See, none of this means anything to us. It's actually painting a pretty ugly picture. But all she's saying is she can't, she, everything she thinks of about him is wonderful to her. His cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers. His lips like lilies, dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with the barrel. His belly is as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. Her leg, uh, his legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. And then she just gives up and says, he's just, he's everything. He is altogether lovely. You know what she's saying there? He cannot be improved upon. He's perfect. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Can I put it this way? When she, when she thought of him, her feeling, can I put it this way? Because she was proud of him. We understand pride is a sin, but, but to, to say it in this way, she was proud of her groom. She was proud of her man. When she saw him walking, see him? See him? He's mine. You see him? He's mine. He's mine, and I'm his. It led her to speak it. She declared it. She could not keep it in. I played basketball in high school. I had my ears tuned to just a handful of different things. First of all, I had my ears tuned to the coach. Second of all, I had my ears tuned to my teammates. Third of all, I had my ears tuned to the opposition because I wanted to know how to get in their mind. And fourthly, I had my ears tuned to my dad and to my mom and to my brother. Because if I played well, if I made a shot, if I made a good play, here's what I'd hear from the sidelines. That's my boy! That's my son! Mom, it was a little more high and squealy. My, my brother would just say, bro, bro. I loved that. I've gotten some videos of you watching, watching your kids. Gavin, first, first touchdown by reception, what do you call it? A touchback by touch pass or something? Playing sports. And what, what I love hearing is Brother Scott in the background. Yeah! yeah he's proud of his boy. And I hear Miss Maria. Yeah! <laughs> Everybody asks, wherever I go, how are your parents doing? How are your parents doing? And I love saying this. Nobody brings more people to my church than my dad. You know what I'm saying? That's my dad. That's my hero. That's my dad. I'm proud of him. I want everybody to know it. And you say it too. That's my boy. That's my girl. That's my dad. That's my wife. That's my husband. 
one time we're, we're at the Blackhawks game, and if there's anything you know about the Blackhawks game, when they sing the national anthem, you don't wait until they say, or the land of the free and the home of the brave. <laughs> you roar the entire time. Oh, say, Rah! and everyone just goes crazy. And, and it's, I mean, just how many fans can fit in there? 20, 25,000, 23,000 people just Rah! And at the end of it, you know what everybody does? It's the same thing when you're at a college football game and they're, they're, they're playing the national anthem and then they time it just right. That flyover comes, the F-16s or 14s or whatever it is, they come over, boom. What does everybody start saying? USA, USA. It's, it's so, the feeling that you have is so real. It's just gotta come out. You love your country. You love your boy and you love your daughter and you love your parents and you love, that's, that's mine. And that's what she did. She felt so strongly about him. I can't keep this in. Twice. He is mine and I am his. Now, what did she mean? What did she mean by saying it? Was it just a turn of phrase? Was it just something sweet that she thought of and it was better than our bed is green? So she wanted to say it. What did she mean when she said, I am my beloved's? She was telling every other man, you leave me alone. I belong to somebody. You leave me alone. I'm taken. You leave me. Don't ask me out on a date. I am my beloved's. Don't ask me to dance. The answer is no. I am my beloved's. Don't flirt with me. This is why I wear this. Because without it, all the girls would flirt with me. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> Chick shield. Chick magnet. <laughs> nice to have a loving church, isn't it? <laughs> That's what she's saying. Don't try to win my heart. My heart's already won. Don't try to steal my heart. Someone already took it. I am my beloved. You leave me alone. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you offer. I don't care what you say. I belong to somebody else. You leave me alone. What does she mean when she says he is mine? You leave him alone. Don't you joke about him. If I want to joke about him, that's my, that's my choice. He's mine. But I'm not going to joke about him. You think I'm going to let you joke about him? You leave him alone. Don't you mock him. Don't you use his name for no reason? Don't you use his name as a cuss word? Don't attack him. If you're going to attack him, you're going to attack me. And if you ever get to him, it's because my dead body is lying in the way. That's what she meant. 
I don't care who you are, I don't care how big you are, I don't care if, if in a fight, a hundred times out of a hundred, you beat me. If you say something about my beloved, he's mine, you're going to hear from me. Now, what was her reason? Because he loved her so much. And you read throughout this, you read about his love for her. The first mention of love in the book, it's not about her love for him, it's about his love for her. His love was a first love. He made the first move. When she was nobody, when she was black and dark and unkempt, he made the first move. It was a first love. It was a kind love. When she looked in the mirror, she saw a mess. When she looked in the mirror, she was unhappy. When she looked in the mirror, she was so insecure. But you read his words to her, thou art fair, my love. Thou art fair. He said, your countenance is comely. Your eyes are beautiful. He says, he says this about her at one point. Thou art all fair, my love. There is no spot in thee. She would say, I'm not perfect. He would say, you're perfect for me. It was a kind love. It was an active love. He did much for her. It wasn't just words. It was deeds. It was an unrelenting love. There's a time in her dream he's knocking at the door, wanting to come in. And she tells him, I'm already in bed. And he keeps knocking. And she won't get up. So then he reaches in the door, trying to open it. It was unrelenting. She ran away from the wedding. And he ran after her to let her know how much she meant to him. He never gave up. It was an undeserved love. She was a peasant. He was a king. She had nothing. He had everything. She had nothing to give in return, and yet he loved her. So she looked back and said, Do you, how could I ever be ashamed of him? I will never be ashamed of somebody who loves me like that. You think of Jesus' love for you. It was a first love. Here in his love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. We loved him because he first loved us. And it was a kind love. How many times have you looked in the mirror and said, what in the world? 
What have you done to yourself? And then you read in the scriptures, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. You read about what David did. He killed and he lied and he cheated and he covered. But later, God says this to another king. I'm punishing you because you are not right in my eyes like David is. <laughs> when he looks at us, a sinner, because of what he did, an act of love, not just words, but deeds, he died and he shed his blood and applied it to us. And now he looks at us and he says, all fair, no spot. But Lord, I'm not perfect. You're perfect to me. How many times have you run and he's pursued after you? How many times has he knocked on your heart's door and you say no, and he keeps on knocking? Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. It's okay. We have a lot of little kids in here. How many times has he knocked and said, please, I want to talk to you. And you walk by your Bible, and it knocks on your heart. When's the last time you've read me? And you walk by. And then when you walk by again, I'm still here. I still want to talk to you. He's never given up on you. And how undeserved. How undeserved is that? We're nothing. He's the king of kings. He found us peasants, dark, black, unlovely. And he said, I want you to be mine. How could we ever be ashamed of that? Peter, I recognize you. You're with him. No. No, I don't know him. I, I know you. I, 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 I've seen you with him. You are with him. No. I saw you in the garden. You cut off my family member's ear. I saw you there. Blankety blank, blank, blank. No, I am not. And Jesus looked at him, and Peter went out and wept bitterly, and so he should, and so should you. Yeah. How could I deny the one who loves me, the 
quit. He loves me. How can I do that? But I want you to remember, when Jesus rose from the dead, he gave strict orders to his angels. He said, I want you to tell my disciples and Peter, and Peter, don't you forget about that boy. I'm not done with him. I still love him. And all he wanted to know, all he wanted to know when they sat down by the fire, here's all he wanted to know. I will overlook all you said. I will overlook all the denials. Peter, do you love me? That's all I want to know. Do you love me? Because I love you. Do you love me? That's so often us. The church, this world, and this country especially is filled with so-called Christians who do not speak up when it is time to speak up for our beloved and no more, not Heritage Baptist Church members. Where is the Christian who, when they think of their Savior, will feel such admiration and appreciation and love where you can't keep it in? I want everyone to know he's mine and I am his. Don't be ashamed of him. Where's the Christian who will tell their coworkers he can't be improved upon? Everything about him, he's, he's altogether lovely. I'm looking for a man who, when sin comes knocking, seeking for your time and affection, don't try to flirt with me. I'm his. Leave me alone. I'm looking for the lady when religions come deceiving and they say all the right words. One time my wife told me she was working cash liens before we got married, but I gave her a promise ring. That thing was so small, if you would have thrown it in a pond, it would have floated. <laughs> but she wore it. And she said, one time I saw a man getting in my cash lane, and he did this. And he walked up. And before he even got his first sentence out, she did this. And he probably went. But, but you know what that made me feel? You know what that made me feel? <laughs> and when religions come, and when sin comes, and when temptation comes, and when all this stuff comes vying for your affection, and hobbies come, and books and ideas and, and everything else comes for your heart and the Lord sees you, <laughs> you know how that makes him feel. <laughs> That's my bride. 
That's my child. He says this, whosoever shall confess me before men, I'll lean over and poke dad and say, hey, dad, look at that. Look at that. Coworker just came up. Tried to get him to do wrong. No, no, no. No, I don't do that. I'm a Christian. I don't do that. Dad, you see that? See that? That's my bride. I am looking for the man who, when that joke is told, that makes fun of your Savior, you say, hey, 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 not in front of me. Not in front of me. We live in a country of free speech. You can say whatever you want, but you're not going to say it in front of me. That's my king. That's my, that's my Jesus. You don't say that. I'm not looking for you to be obnoxious. You know, thou shalt not. Because <laughs> chances are you won't do that. But you can say, no, no, uh-uh, not in front of me. The next time, oh, my God. Yeah, he's here. Jesus. Whoa, no, no. What would you do if somebody came up to you and said, blankety, blank, blank, your mother? You'd say, it's, 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 it, 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 uh, excuse me? I'm a small guy. I'm not looking to get in many fights. I don't want to go to the hospital. But I don't care how small I am. If someone's going to come up and mess with my mom, my dad, my wife, my kids, I'll go to the hospital. But someone will curse your savior? I don't want to make any waves. They made the waves. Where's the Christian when the family questions? You don't believe all that stuff, do you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because it changed my life. Why do you, why do you go to church all the time? You go to church how many times a week? Three, thank you very much. Three, thank you very much. And I would go more if I could. Because let me tell you what Jesus did for me. And he asked me to do something very small in return. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Easy peasy lemon squeezy got it made in the shade drinking high grade lemonade. Don't be ashamed. Can I say this? Can I say this? Be proud of your king. Be proud of your savior. Be proud of your beloved. Where's the man, where's the woman who would say, don't, you leave me alone, I'm his. You leave me alone, I'm taken. And where's the person who said, you leave him alone. You leave him alone. That's my Jesus, that's my savior. You leave him alone. Do you know why people are joining the LGBTQ plus agenda more than anything right now. It's not because they're sold on it. It's because people are just not ashamed. Do you know why people voted for Trump? Oh, he's a great politician. No, he's not. He was never a politician before. Oh, he's a great person. No, he's not. <laughs> but the man's not ashamed. 
You know what the fastest growing religion is right now, Brother Andrew? Islam. Because it's such an attractive religion. No, it's because the people who follow it are not ashamed. And I think you'd be surprised what would happen at your workplace and at your school if you would just let your light shine, if you would just show the ring. I just want everyone to know something. He's mine. And I'm his. So you leave me alone, and you leave him alone. Oh, we need it. We need it. We need it. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.